Whether you're in North or South Carolina or anywhere else in the world, enter the Cat Cave and listen to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast as a part of the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, where you can find shows like Embrace the Bait and Inside the Vault, powered by the Fans First Sports Network. As always, join us in the Cat Cave alongside one of our co-hosts, Shannon Smith, back with us again today. Shannon, what's going on, bud? How's everything? My everything is good. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yeah, if you're watching the show on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel, you can see that I'm sporting my Halloween gimmick. It's the Cactus Jack, uh, former WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley's uh, gimmick. Bang, bang. Um, I've literally gotten three wears out of this uh, since Saturday. I had a Halloween party Saturday. Uh, I went to Monday Night Raw here in Greenville on Monday. And then I I just had – we're recording this on Halloween, and so – I just uh, had to help give out candy. We had this big haunted street thing in my neighborhood. It was it was crazy. Um, but Shannon, you know what else is crazy? For Carolina Panthers fans, it's time to rejoice. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That's right. That's right, Carolina Panthers fans. You can officially chalk it up that there will not be a winless season in 2023. Ladies and gentlemen, your Carolina Panthers finally got their first win in the 2023 season. And we called it. Yes, we did. We called it on the show. If you listen to the show this past week, Shannon and I both said, that there was a legitimate chance for your Carolina Panthers to get a win over the Houston Texans, and they did. 15-13. to 13. Some drama at the end we'll get to in a minute. Uh, as uh, Houston did everything they could to throw off Eddie Pinheiro and his last second field goal. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that uh, when we get to the Panthers' offensive side. Let's go ahead and talk about the Carolina Panthers' defense in this game because we talked about during the, during the bye week and off the bye week they had to get back to being this dominant defense they held cj stroud who had, had honestly was a front runner for rookie of the year this season yep to 140 passing yards shannon what did you see on this defense that that sort of again it uplifted you in thinking that you know what this this team can can, can maybe shock some people going forward the play of the front four was what did it because they were able to get into the backfield. They were able to disrupt C.J. Stroud. Again, 140 yards and no touchdowns in the air, which is another thing. Kept them virtually out of the red zone. There were a couple times, you know, the touchdown that he did get, that uh, C.J. Stroud did get, was a result of one of their few trips to the red zone. Um Fewer first downs as well, too, because Carolina actually had more first downs. The only downfall was the running game, which was what it was. There were more rushing yards. But when you have no synergy between your rushing yards and your passing yards, that's not going to help because virtually Houston got it done on the ground but did not get it done in the air. And that was what was doing it for Houston in these past six games leading up to playing with Carolina, they were able to get it done in the air. C.J. Stroud was looking good passing the ball. He did not look good passing the ball against Carolina's front four. 
you know, two sacks, uh, a credit to the front four, forcing the fumble, and then getting the fumble back, winning the turnover battle, which was another thing that the defense did that was very effective. And that's what led the Panthers to the win. Yeah, listen, you mentioned uh, that Stroud didn't actually throw a touchdown. The touchdown was attributed to Austin. Was it Austin Beck? Yep. Uh, I want to make sure I get this name. Andrew Beck. I'm sorry. Andrew, Andrew Beck. Beck. The fullback was the only only person to score a touchdown for the Texans in this game. Uh, you mentioned – so we mentioned on the show that the Panthers surprisingly were giving up a lot of yards on the ground. Mm-hmm. But despite Houston looking effective at times on the ground in this game – Leading leading running back Damian Pierce only had 46 yards on the ground, 3.8 yards a carry. They held him under five yards a carry, which is something the Panthers have struggled with all season long on the offensive side. Uh, and with 140 passing yards, you're not going to have a lot of production from your wide receivers uh, out in Houston. Noah Brown was actually your leading receiver for Houston, uh, while Nico Collins had four receptions for 39 yards. Um, I think the Panthers did a good job defensively of getting off the field. On third down, five yep. for 12 were the Houston Texans. Um, the Texans, you know, they were eaten up by penalties in this game, 10 penalties for 70 yards. Absolutely. It wasn't too drastic, but the defense was able to make enough plays and to keep this game close so that the offense could try to come together and click under first, first-time first play caller Thomas Brown uh, and, and, and give the Panthers offense an opportunity to come in and win this game, which they did. Uh, if you look over the offensive side of the ball, listen, we were we were sort of curious, you know, for a while. Like, is Bryce Young are they are they going to open up the playbook? Are they going to let him throw the ball downfield? Well, Bryce Young outdueled C.J. Stroud. He showed why he was taken number one overall instead of Stroud in this game. Twenty-two of thirty-one for two hundred and thirty-five yards. He did have a touchdown, however. The Achilles heel for this for this offense has been the offensive line, and they did give up six sacks in this game despite the return of Austin Corbett to this offensive line in Carolina. Um, when you look at the the rest of the stats here uh, from the Panthers' offense, uh, not very good once again on the ground. Um, we're we're going to get to the, the running back situation here in a minute. Uh, but Chuba Hubbard led, led this team in rushing, uh, in rushing in this game with 28 yards on 15 carries under – two yards per carry, but you're going to see Adam Thielen doing Adam Thielen's stuff in this game. Another big day for him through the air. They look to get Jonathan Mingo more involved in this offense, Shannon. Uh, What did you see out of this offense that leads you to believe that this this isn't it? We talked about the NFC South on last week's show. Looking at the offense from this game, despite only putting up 15 points, do you think there's optimism that Carolina might make a push? For the NFC South? It's a possibility, man. And I was really about to say that about the play of Jonathan Mingo. He got 15 yards per catch, which was very good as average uh, catching mm-hmm. the ball, which was really, really good. I like that. Um, him being the second option, he was able to get up and down the field. They did open up the uh, playbook a little more. They have to have a little bit of work when it comes down to the vertical pass. Though that's going to come with the opening up of the running game. Now, we did talk about Chuba Hubbard not having a great game running the football. So that was probably may contribute to the points not being scored as much on the offense. But 
it looks like Carolina may have a second receiver in Jonathan Mingo because he was able to get down the field. Adam Thielen is that type of guy who's like a Swiss Army knife. You know, you can use him for so many things in that passing game. You know, he's a possession receiver. He may not be the fastest receiver out there, but he gets open and he's got reliable hands. He's that every down receiver. He can go over the middle. He can go up top. He can hit that post pattern, that quick slant that out route he can also run that little dig route as well too that get open in the middle of the field and that's what Adam Thielen is for that's the reason why he's thrived on this offense so much but Jonathan Mingo looks like he's that guy who can just get down the field he's that guy that when he gets open 15 12 to 15 yards he's guaranteed that first down he's that guy that you got to put another safety also over the top because of the fact that he has very good recovery speed so, yeah, I, I like the way that the offense opened up the, the playbook. I think we'll see more out of Carolina doing this, and that's going to make them more competitive. Yeah, I mean, listen, you, you, you're going to need a more balanced attack if you're going to be better teams, right? Uh, you got 15 carries for your leading back, 31 pass attempts uh, for rookie Bryce Young. Uh, when, you're average, when you're leading back is averaging 1.9 yards a carry, that's, that's, that typically doesn't bode well. For the offense, the other problem is just like the defense for Carolina held uh, the Texans to five for twelve on third down. The Texans held Carolina to five of fourteen on third down. So if the Panthers are going to continue to make strides, they're going to have to figure out a way to execute on third down, to extend drives, so that they can execute and complete drives into the end zone. That's something we talked about last week. That if the Panthers are going to compete in a wide open NFC South. Uh, I say wide open because three of the the other two of the other three teams in the South lost last week. You had the 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 Bucks lost to the Bills on Thursday night football, mm-hmm. and you had the Falcons lose to the Titans, led by Will Levis, yes. on Sunday before the Saints somehow uh, got a win over the Colts, uh, which which I can't explain that honestly, but uh, but nevertheless, half of the division lost last week. Yep. Uh, we mentioned the fact that everybody had like three losses in the division. And so there's a very good opportunity for Carolina to make that stride to really surprise some people to win this division. But you're going to have to keep, you're going to have to keep the offense on the field. Uh, when it, when you, when you look at this team, when you look at this, this, this game, you had uh, the touchdown thrown by Bryce young, but you had a missed extra point by Eddie Pinheiro. Yeah. Which meant that come the end of the game, Carolina Panthers drove down the field and the game was now relied on the foot of Eddie Pinheiro and everybody camp Panthers fans. You knew what was coming. He was just going to push the field goal. It wasn't that far, but it was far enough to screw it up. And I can't even think of the guy's name, but the same defense. It was at a linebacker for Houston mm-hmm. jumped. It was, I felt like I was watching a game of Madden, <laughs> like just he jumped off sides unabated to the quarterback, two straight plays. Yes. Uh, and on the second, so both plays, it was offside, so they got 10 yards closer to the to the, to the the goalpost. Uh, the second play got him an unsportsmanlike conduct, so it made it even closer. Uh, and, and, and the problem was, even though the second time that he jumped, because he was unabated, they had to stop the mm-hmm. game. But Pinheiro kicked the ball, and it went up the upright. So Panthers fans had to be thinking, oh, no. He hit this when he's going to miss the next one. Yes. And sure enough, not the same guy, but the Texans jump off sides again. Yeah. But Pinheiro nails the kick, 
ends the game. The Panthers get the win 15 to 13. Shannon, was there any, was there, was there really any doubt like for you? Cause I legit thought, here we go. This is how the Panthers are going to lose their seventh <laughs> straight. Did you have any doubt Eddie Pinheiro making that kick? When, when the guy jumped off sides, the, when they called the timeout, cause they called a timeout beforehand. So I was like, yeah, of course, classic ice in the kicker. Smart move by Houston. Then when dude jumped off sides, I was like, uh-oh. I was like, uh-oh. Yep. Oh, man. You know, because usually that first time is enough. Trust me, I know Mr. Moody, uh, San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand how that is right there, man. I understand that. But, you know, when when Odu jumped off sides that second time, I was like, this, this, this is – you got this far, only just the, yep. only just the, only to miss. I was like, don't do this. Don't do this. Me and my dad, me and my dad were beside each other. My dad, big Panthers fan. He was, he was looking intently. He was looking intently. He was looking down his phone, through, uh, glasses on his nose. That's, that's how my pops is, you know, got the glasses yeah. on his nose. He's looking down his phone, kind of like, don't do this. Oh no. Oh, please don't do this. Please don't do this. But then I throw my phone over at him and look at him and say, Hey, you, you can chill. You can breathe now. And he's like, well, we did it. And I shook his hand, and I'm like, we did it, Dad. We did it. And then I and then I messaged you. Yep. <laughs> you did. So we called it. We are absolutely right. Listen, I all I could think of was, you know, they do a lot of, like, the, the pass, punt, and kick challenges right. at, at college games to where, like, you win a scholarship. <laughs> and I've seen high school, like, just regular, like, college kids kick a 25-yard field goal. And so right. I cannot imagine – I think Pinheiro would have lost his job. Oh yeah, if he, he missed that kick. I yes. will tell I will tell you somebody Shannon who has lost their job in my opinion, and that's one Miles Sanders. Uh, if you go back uh, I, again, the last few weeks, I've been making the point that Chuba Hubbard is more effective. Yes, granted he did not have a good game this week, but Miles Sanders got all of two carries in this game as Chuba Hubbard took over as number one running back. In this game, matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the the and I'm, of course I'm I'm drawing a blank on his name uh, as I as I pull up the stat line here. Uh, Raheem Blackshear, Raheem Blackshear had three carries in this game. Mm -hmm. Miles Sanders had two carries in this game for a whopping total of zero yards. We're going to talk trade deadline here in a second because I got a question about why the Panthers didn't move him. But how do you think the Panthers are feeling right now about having the highest paid backup running back in the league? It's got to be heartbreaking because you paid him that much money. The Eagles single-handedly gave him away. Well, they didn't really give him away, but the Eagles parted ways with him. And he had such success with the Eagles. And you're like, okay. Let's see how much success he has with Carolina. Now, can I say that it's all been Miles Sanders' fault? Not so much. Exactly. The man got hurt. Injuries happen in the NFL. But then again, I'm a realist at the end of the day. It's always next man up. And once again, we always talk about how quarterbacks have a hard time when they don't have a line. Carolina's had their troubles with the line, has had some growing pains on that line. So is it so much Miles Sanders' fault? Not so much. However, when they pay you that much money and you don't produce, 
what's the excuse? There is none. You you did well with the Eagles. Yes, the Eagles are a very stout team. They're a very stout team. But when you get paid that much money to go and play this game, you better play it at a high level. Is there any doubt that Miles isn't trying? I don't think so. Mm-mm. Do is it that the NFC South is a little harder than it than the NFC East? Not so much. I mean, they're not a hard division. I mean, you have some questionable teams, but yet still, the NFL is hard within itself. You've been playing this game for how long, my man? And they paid you a good a chunk of change, and this is what you do? They didn't bring you here for that. No way. Nope. Um, real quick, I want to make a correction if you're watching this on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel. Uh, the stat line read for Chuba Hubbard that he had 13 receptions for 26 yards. He had two receptions for 26 yards, so apologies for that. Um, but no, to your point, like – yeah, the offensive line has struggled. Yes. Uh, yeah, he, Miles Sanders did get hurt. But when you see the success that DeAndre Swift is having in Philadelphia right now, a guy who never could stay healthy in Detroit, it's 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 sort of showing, it's kind of the way that I feel about certain quarterbacks in the league. Yes. If you fit the system you're going to find success. Absolutely. And I don't think Miles Sanders fits this system. Last year, mm-hmm. when they let go of Christian McCaffrey, Deontay mm-hmm. Foreman and Chuba Hubbard were a more effective, more efficient running game yes. than they were when they had Christian McCaffrey because it yes. just it fit the system. I think mm-hmm. we are finding out now, no knock on Miles Sanders. He's a fine running back, and given the right system, given the right offensive line, Miles Sanders is a very good NFL quarterback, excuse me, NFL running back. Yes. He doesn't fit this system. And now the Panthers are on the hook for this guy for more money than any other running back signed for in this offseason. Mm. Mm. And now, I mean, he sat, granted, he's coming back from injury, but it wasn't like he was, it was a, such a severe injury that they needed to manage his workload. True. But he had two carries in this game. I don't expect it to get much better for Miles Sanders, but the thing that drives me, I wouldn't say it drives me crazy. The thing that confuses me the most is that the trade deadline has come and gone (laughs) and Carolina didn't make any moves. Not a move. You had, you had guys like Chase Young go to Chicago. Oh, you Uh, went to Chase Young. Oh, sorry. San Francisco. The other guy went to Chicago. Yeah, the other yeah, the other pass rusher for Washington went to Chicago. I, yeah. I can't believe I flubbed that because uh, <laughs> Lions fans wanted another pass rusher to go on the other side of the line from Aiden Hutchinson, and so they were really expecting uh, Chase Young to go to Detroit, and instead he went to San Francisco. Um, you, but instead, Detroit picks up Donovan Peoples Jones from Cleveland because they need another wide receiver apparently yeah. in Detroit. Um, a, a lot of guys made moves. The, the Seahawks picked up. Uh, a star defensive lineman from from the New York Giants. I mean, the NFL trade deadline is always fun to watch. It is. The Panthers don't have a lot of trade capital, considering their first round pick is in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they could have gotten something if they traded away Miles Sanders. Now, granted, they would have had to be on the hook for a lot of his salary at least this year. But I feel like they could have gotten something in return from Miles Sanders that would have helped pick up and, and put some pieces in at next year's draft. How do you feel about the way that the Carolina Panthers went about the trade deadline 
And do you think that the Panthers made a mistake not trying to move Miles Sanders? You know, I think that the hot topic player that I think many people want is Brian Burns mm-hmm. on this squad. So even though Miles Sanders may be carrying a lot of money, he hasn't really put in a lot of work for a lot of these teams. The injury problems have probably been something that teams have probably had second thoughts about. So that might be the reason why they were not able to get Miles Sanders. I really don't know if Carolina was shopping him around from the get-go either, which is another thing. Should they have done so? I think that they should have tried, but I don't think they're going to get a lot from him. I think somebody like Brian Burns is probably going to be the guy that you would probably look to shop around because his name has popped up in the trade deadline. His name has popped up in when it comes down to free agency, when it comes down to where he would fit amongst other teams. Miles Sanders is that guy that not a lot of people have really talked about considering the fact that he's been on the shelf for most of the time and he's had had lackluster stats for the year. So I don't know if anybody's going to want to push a button on him. So I think Carolina's got to hold on to him until maybe this summer. Uh, so I guess let me let me pose another question to you because we got we got we got a few more minutes uh, left in the show. But something that just came to my mind: you mentioned Brian Burns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Panthers fans want the Carolina Panthers to pay this guy already. They want him to get a contract extension. They don't want to see Brian Burns leave. No. The time to have let the time that it would have been time to let him go. Words are hard. Easy for me to say. <laughs> Had they been able to get something for him at the trade deadline? Because they probably couldn't got it. They could have gotten at least a, a second round pick for so, Brian Burns. Mm-hmm. When it comes, and, and I, I'm I'm thinking way ahead because we can all probably probably agree unless Jonathan Mingo steps up and becomes this true number two, maybe number one guy, while Thielen is your slot guy. You could argue that the Panthers are a star wide receiver one away from having a really successful offense. We saw what Will Levis did with DeAndre Hopkins in his first start. So imagine having a DeAndre Hopkins, a Devontae Adams. After after the way that the Raiders looked on Monday Night Football this past week against the Lions, the Panthers could have gone out and tried to find a way to get a Devontae Adams on this roster. When it comes to offseason moves, because I don't think we're going to get to see a contract extension for Brian Burns in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Is what is your what is the Carolina Panthers' top priority? Going out and getting a wide receiver or finding a way to keep Brian Burns on this roster? You know, as much as I have to say, I think it has to go with keeping Brian Burns on this roster. I think that he he's a good player for this new look defense that Carolina has. I think that keeping him on the roster would be the safe move. I think it would be, but once again, playing safe has been something Carolina's done for a while, and what has it done for you? I think, in my opinion, in my heart of hearts, they got to go out for uh, for a wide receiver one. It would be in their best interest to do so, especially with a young gun like uh, Bryce Young. They're looking at that, and I think Carolina is considering that. I think what I would look at, what I would do is look for that wide receiver one because I think it's best for Carolina. The core guys that they have on defense, the young squad that they've got on defense, 
And then, of course, with Shaq, Tom, uh, with Shaq Thompson coming back from injury later on, he's always going to be a catalyst on that defense. He's going to be. I love Brian Burns, and I think Brian Burns is a very talented defensive player. But I think right now Carolina has to look to his future, has to look to building this offense. I think they have to do that. they got to put points on the board in order to win. They have to do that. I don't disagree with you there. I think if there's a way that they could find a way to get into a spot where they can draft a guy like uh, like Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Um, if they could find a way to sneak back into the first round to grab a talented wide receiver one, I think it 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 would benefit them. The problem is, is that if you don't got to have a guy like Brian Burns on the roster. That's probably your your highest value guy to get draft picks in return. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he's going to play under a franchise tag if that's the route they go. No, no. Why, why so, should? And why should he? Oh, I, I I completely agree. So the idea to me is I don't disagree with you. The fact that they that yeah their offense needs a wide receiver one, but my concern is, and all of the Panthers will say the all the Panthers fans will say the exact same thing. You cannot let Brian Burns go for nothing. No, there's a reason nope. why there's a reason why the Philadelphia Eagles let Miles Sanders go for nothing. There is <laughs> think, not a there's <laughs> yeah we I think we found that out now exactly. So I I think and again I hope Miles Sanders is going to catch wind of this. He's like, what's that fat dude got to say about me? Like, <laughs> how much football has he ever played? So to be clear, I'm sure Miles Sanders is a nice guy. Yeah. And I, I think he needs to be open to the criticism because if you look at the stats, he hasn't been good. He hasn't looked good uh, aside from the stats. But but nevertheless, the Eagles let him go for nothing. Yes. I don't think the Panthers can afford to let Brian Burns go for nothing. They can't. They, whether, they whether they tag, whether they sign and trade something, I think their number one priority is going to be either to lock Burns up long term as soon as the season is over with, or find a way to uh, to agree to a sign and trade where they sign him and then trade him off to get some draft capital so that they can continue to build for this future. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I again, not much trade capital when when most of your high round draft picks are, are gone, especially this coming season. There's not a lot of you know veteran guys that I think they could come off of outside of a, a fire sale like the Broncos tried to do, like the Giants seemingly were trying to do. I, I think that when when you have uh, a Carolina Panthers team who is who is building, not rebuilding, they are building right now. You cannot afford to lose a lot of the veterans you have on this team. No. Uh, somebody we haven't talked about a lot is J.C. Horn. You know, it was one of those things like this guy hasn't been healthy for an entire season yet in the NFL. He, for that matter, I don't think he spent a, a season in college completely healthy for an entire no. year. <laughs> and. You know, he's I know he's coming up on a, on his rookie contract year is coming next year, but I'm curious to see if they decide to move on from him in the offseason to maybe move up in the draft and get a higher round draft pick. So a lot of things can happen in the offseason, but we are still happen we're we're just about the halfway point in the NFL season at this point. Now with 18 weeks, week nine yeah. is your halfway mark. Uh so uh we still got a lot of football to play, so let's not look too far ahead. Because the Panthers have some winnable games ahead, uh, they've still got four division games left on the left on the schedule. They still got an opportunity to push to win the NFC South, which is crazy to think, considering that they won their first game 
uh, this past weekend. Um, they've got a game against, you know, at the Tennessee Titans, against the Packers team that doesn't look as good as we thought they were. Uh, mm-hmm. The Jags are a pretty good team. Um, and then the Bears are obviously beatable, especially if Justin Fields isn't back by that game in two weeks. Right. But this coming Sunday, Gardner Minshew, the stash, and the Indianapolis Colts travel to Charlotte to take on the Carolina Panthers. The Indianapolis Colts are a three-point favorite in this game. Uh, I believe Zach Moss for the running back for the Indianapolis Colts is banged up, but Jonathan Taylor is healthy. Uh, we were we were hoping that we were going to see an, uh, an Anthony Richardson, a number a number the, th- the third quarterback in the 2023 draft taken against the number one pick in Bryce Young. That will not take place as, as Anthony Richardson is on the sending season-ending injured reserve. Mm. Uh, Sunday, 405 kickoff in Charlotte. Uh, Shannon, do the Panthers have what it takes to win their second game of the weekend, second game of the season this weekend? I'm a little worried about this game the more I think about it because the Carolina Panthers' inability to stop the run, and you have a very, very strong Jonathan Taylor. However... This is another AFC South squad with a stout running game. Houston may not have had a stout running game, but their inability to pass the ball was the reason why they lost that game. I don't think that Gardner Minshew was going to have a good time passing this ball. It happened once. Let's see if the mojo still goes. Panthers are going to get it this time. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, man. I, I think they, they've got all the makings to, to get this win. The Colts have looked good at times this year. They've got a couple of really good receivers and Michael Pittman and Josh Downs, who came out of nowhere this year, uh, especially from a fantasy football perspective. They've got talent on that offense again, like you said, with Jonathan Taylor at the running back running back position. Uh, this is a revenge game for Frank Reich. Yes. I don't think we're talking enough about that. That's that true. Frank Reich, thinks. I think he thinks he got a raw deal in Indianapolis. <laughs> He I, had, I think, I five different quarterbacks in four years yeah. with the Colts. Yeah. Uh, and so he is going to put everything he can into beating the Colts this weekend, especially at home. Um, there's still a lot of people on that roster that played for Frank Reich. Yeah. Uh, so, I, 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 yeah, I truly believe that Frank Reich is going to try, to try to get his best game plan put together to be able to take out the Indianapolis Colts uh, this Sunday. Shannon. Before we sign off, anybody you want to give a shout-out to? Well, I want to shout-out to Carolina Panthers for winning and making us look smart. I want to actually shout-out my niece, Angela, who is a big Carolina fan as well, too. She was very happy about the game. So, yes, those are my shout-outs for them for tonight, for today. Good stuff. Yeah, uh, I'll shout-out Michael Davis. We're going to have him back on the show at some point. Uh, shout-out my, my nephew, Connor. I don't know if he's still listening to the show. Uh, but I know he was excited about listening to the Carolina Panthers show. He's the only only you know person in my family that kept on Carolina Panthers as he got older. Uh, make sure if you want to find more uh, more I guess material, more podcasting, more more more. Uh, why I can't think of the word. If you want to find more of me, how's that? There you go. There uh, you you go. can go to Twitter slash X at Tapouts and TDs on the Twitter Facebook.com slash Tapouts and Touchdowns. Monday shows are about pro wrestling. We do our football shows Wednesday. Uh, and then you can find all those shows as well weekly on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio. But until then, now you may exit the cat cave and make sure you listen to more 
content on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel and more Carolina Panthers-themed podcasts on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, powered by the Fans First Sports Network. For Shannon Smith, I'm Ryan Frick, and we'll see you next week right back here inside the Cat Cave.